Thanks for listening. Our mission here at Life West Church is to see you and your family equipped and empowered to be and do all that God has for you. For additional resources and info, go to lifewest.church. You know, it's such a beautiful song. It's such a beautiful proclamation of God's love for us and the fact that He does extend favor to a thousand generations. That's a beautiful thing to rest in, even as we experience baptisms this morning. But I do want to let you know that the original context of that verse was to the people of Israel. And right now, Israel is in a battle. And so we're going to take time as the people of God to pray over Israel. The word says this in Psalm 122. It says, pray for peace in Jerusalem. May all who love this city prosper. O Jerusalem, may there be peace within your walls and prosperity in your palaces. For the sake of my family and friends, I will say, may you have peace. For the sake of the house of the Lord our God, I will seek what is best for you, O Jerusalem. Let's close our eyes and pray. Father, we come before you. We thank you that even though we can't go and be physical boots on the ground, that our prayers can go before us, Father. And I thank you, Lord, that you are protecting your people, that your favor still extends to the people in Israel, Father. That we're able to walk the path that we walk because a people in Israel said yes to you. God, we just thank you for your protection supernatural and natural, Father. I thank you for wisdom for leaders, Father. I thank you that people would turn to you, to your son in the wake of this, Father. That you have said that you will turn, you will turn evil for good. And so, Father, I just thank you for peace. I thank you for peace for the families who are no longer getting to hold their loved ones. I thank you, Lord, that your presence does go before us that it does come behind us, that it's all around us. I thank you, Lord, that that extends to the people of Israel as well. Father, we we pray blessings on them. We pray protection on them. And it is in Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. If you've been to Life West for a while now, there's been some other conflicts, very specifically uh, Russia and Ukraine, that we did not really pray for a side. So I want to give you the why we just did that. Now, We're going to go to our Bibles for this, and we're going to start in Numbers chapter 24, verse 9. The nation is like a mighty lion, talking about Israel, and it says, when it is sleeping, no one dares to wake it, and whoever blesses Israel will be blessed, and whoever curses Israel will be cursed. Um, There's some things that we just are kind of like, man, conflicts happen and stuff's going on, and you're like, man, who do I want to win? you just, you, just, you just want them to stop killing each other. In this case, we go to God's word and we look at it, and God's word is clear that those who bless Israel, God will bless. And those who curse Israel will be cursed. Genesis 17, verse 8 says, Also, I give to you and your descendants, this is talking to Abraham, God is making a promise to Abraham. He says, I give this to you and your descendants. Descendants, these are your kids. all of them, after you, the land which you are a stranger, all the land of Canaan as an everlasting possession. Everlasting in the Greek, just so you know, it's everlasting. Okay? It means this is forever. This means God did not be like, I give it to you for a while. He's like, this 
is yours. as an everlasting possession. He says, and then I will be their God. Uh, we go to God's word. God's word gives us the instructions for how to live life. Yes. For how to live a holy life, yes. For how to honor God, yes. How to receive salvation, yes. It gives us more than just, it's not a spiritual book. It gives us more than just how to get into heaven. It's how to live. It's how to live. It's how to think. So when it comes to the nation of Israel, it tells us where we are to stand and what side we are to stand for or with. Now, are we going to pray for the Palestinians? Yes, absolutely. But I am on God's side when I stand with Israel. He did not forget. He's not like, oh, that ran out uh, years ago. Like uh, I was misbehaving in the store. Like when I was a kid. When I say years, like when I was a kid. Beck's not like, hey, you. No, no, no. So when I was a kid, I misbehaved in the store and my, my dad looked over at me and he goes, when we get home. And uh, I, kn I knew what that meant. How many, how many of you growing up, you got spanked? Raise your hand. Come on. Awesome. Awesome. How many of you got spanked with a belt? Raise your hand. Yeah. Mom, no, 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 no. Mom would break wooden spoons. That's what mom did. Okay. But dad, dad would be like in my room. And you'd walk in the room. And he always wore a belt. And he'd be like, so your mom said. And he'd take off his belt. And you're like, oh. Okay. So when dad said, when we get home, I knew what he meant. But what I did was immediately went on my best behavior. I was like super, like just gonna be amazing, and I just 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 followed them around quietly. Sometimes as a kid, the, the very best thing you can do is be invisible, right? Like not need or ask 20 questions or 150 questions or the same question 250 times. Okay, some of you kids, you just needed to hear that. That was all for you. But it, you're, you're welcome, parents. But so I was just like on my absolute best behavior, follow them around. We get home. And uh, dad doesn't say anything. So I'm like, okay. Like for three days, I was just like, uh, is he going to call me in his room? He forgot. Like my dad forgot. God does not forget. And what he said for Israel stands. In, in, in Joel, in your Bible, in Joel, the, the prophet Joel is prophesying about what will happen at the end of the age or the end of the world. And he says, I will gather all nations together. This is Joel chapter 3, verse 2, if you want to look this up and read it for yourself. He says, I will also gather all nations, and I'll bring them down to the valley of Jehoshaphat, that is a place in Israel, and I will enter into judgment with them there. Why is he doing this? On account of my people Israel, my heritage, whom they have scattered among the nations, and they have also divided up my land. God's like, look. I did not forget. I gave it to Abraham, his descendants. This is forever. So as, as you, why do I say all of this? One is so that you know why we're praying and standing with Israel. And two, so that you will stand with and pray for Israel. And if you don't, like, like please dig into this more yourself and realize, because what you're going to find is you read this, not, don't, I hope you don't just change your mind because I said something but because you hear what God's word has to say and that you dig deeper into God's word and to see what God's word has to say about the situation, then you'll be more grounded and more fervent and like, no, this is what we're doing and we are going to pray and we are going to stand with him and then this is what we are going to do. And this, this has been a part of who we are as, as believers and, and Becca and I, and then as a result, as a church, since the very beginning, one of 
The missions organizations that we support is Operation Life Shield. Maybe you've heard of it, maybe it's not, but literally what they do is they go to schools in Israel and build bomb shelters and put them in the playgrounds. So if you've been here for a while, you've been a part of that, but that all comes out of what God's word says, which is, I will bless those who bless Israel. And our minds are to be made up, not because of what we feel, not because of propaganda, whatever side, it's all, it's everywhere, everybody's got it, right? But because of what God's word has to say, we submit to that. In all of our ways, we acknowledge him. So I just wanted to quickly go into that. Didn't see that coming, but all of a sudden, this is what's on the world stage. And I hope that you understand our desire is that we would line up with God's word, our thoughts, our prayers, and our resources. So join us as we pray for Israel and, and just peace in general. Okay. Well, turn in your Bibles to Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 5, if you would. And we're in this series looking through, and really, we've been going through Ephesians verse by verse. Now, Ephesians is, is now your, your entire Bible was authored by God, but written by man. Uh, is some 40-ish authors wrote what, the books that you find in your Bible. Each of them, they were compiled together, fired them to do so. One of the main ways that we see the Scripture and that why we hold the Scripture up as high as we do is the prophecies that are in it. But now Ephesians, this, this book, was written by a man named Paul, again, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, to a group of new believers. Like, when I say new, I mean new. Everybody say new. Like new car smell, like brand new believers, but not just new believers, but like the first new believers. And he's like, look, I want you to know what it means to be a Christian. What, what does this even mean to follow Christ? So if you, if you look through the book of Ephesians, it is incredibly packed full, which is why this is like part 23, <laughs> okay, of just so much meat when it comes to, and so much practical, like this is what it means, and this is how you're supposed to live, and this is how it's going to help you live this. So we're looking in this, we're at Ephesians chapter 5, and we're going to start in verse 7. Ephesians 5, verse 7. And today's title is, Welcome to the Light. Here we go. Do not participate in the things that these people do. For once you were full of darkness, but now you have light from the Lord. So live as people of light. For this light within you produces only what is good and right and true. He's like, look, there is right, there is wrong. And he says, light, live as people in the light. Now, it's, it's deer season. Come on, come on. Hunters, hey, hi, hi, hey, how's it going? Okay, so you, you got to know I got a deer story, even, even though I haven't gotten one yet, just so you can stop asking me. It's like honestly embarrassing me. But anyways, I probably should. Okay, it's only week one. So hunting. So the other morning I go out and I'm going to go hunting. And it's dark because I want to get out there before the deer. I don't want them to be able to see me. Uh, but one of the things is I, I, I have a flashlight, but I don't like using it because then my eyes are more accustomed to the light for longer, and I want them to be accustomed to the dark. Like, I don't want to do that. So I get all, all, all dressed up, and I'm ready, and I'm out there in my gear, and I got my bow, and I start walking. I'm like, no, I don't need the light, so I put it in my pocket. And I then I just, I just kind of stand there for a while. I'm like, maybe let my eyes kind of adjust, and, and uh, I'm like, I can kind of see. And I'm like, I kind of know the path, so I, I know where I'm going to go. So I just start walking. And 
and it's just dark. But as I'm walking in the dark, I'm like, yep, I'm good. And even though I can't see it, I'm like, something isn't right. I'm like, but I know where I'm going. So I take another step. As I take another step, I've got my bow in my hand, and bang, I slam my bow on my utility trailer. And I'm just like, like what part of my bow just hit? Like I may have just, like my hunt could be done. My season could be done. I'm like, oh my goodness. All because I didn't want to turn on the light. If I turn on the light, I can see perfectly. Like absolutely, but I forgot that the trailer was where it was. And so I just ran right into it. And here's what he's saying. He's like, look, live as people of the light. You have it, use it. Use it. What is that? Use God's word. Live as people of the light. We let, God, your word is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. God's word is meant to be the light that shows us how to live, where to go, what to think, and how to pray, and what to believe. He's like, live that way. Live that way. And then he says this in verse 10, carefully determine what pleases the Lord. Something that jumps out at me is this. This just so clearly says to me that grace, God's grace is available to us, but it is not something, it is not a license to do whatever we want. He says, carefully determine what pleases the Lord. Will God forgive? Yes. God will forgive. But he says, carefully determine what pleases the Lord. John chapter 1, verse 14, and talking about Jesus coming, it says this at the latter part of the verse. It says that Jesus came from the Father full of grace and truth. He came through both. Now, chances are you probably know somebody who lives in the grace camp. And they're like, well, God is love, and so he just loves me, and he loves everything that I do. And, and, and if we're just say that we love each other, then we love and God's love, so love dee dove 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 love And they just like, it all goes. But then you have the other side, and chances are you probably know or are related to somebody on the other side, the true side, and it's like, well, that's wrong, and that's a sin, and that's a sin, and you're a sinner, and that's a sin, and that's a sin, and, and sinning, and you're sinning, and you're a sinning sinner, and that's a sin. And you're like, ugh. Which, which camp do I belong in? Neither. Because he came full of grace and truth. And for every mile of road, there's two miles of ditch. Let's not get caught on either side. Jesus came full of grace and truth. And we experience God's grace when we accept his truth. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Not a way, a idea, and a, no, the. He's like, look, this is it. So we carefully determine what pleases God. It means that we don't just live any way that we want, but we look at God's word and say, God, I want what you have for me. Verse 11, he says, so take no part in the worthless deeds of evil and darkness. Instead, expose them. So this is why. See, God says, expose them. Now, if we don't do anything as believers, then, then we leave the normal acceptable behaviors, um, for that to be set kind of like just, just by the world. And I don't know if you know this, but the world is not good at setting normal, acceptable behaviors. Because the lie that the world believes is that, that you as an individual are good and you're getting better and left to yourself and given enough time, you'll get great. Because if you just look at our society, what you realize is, no, we're bad and getting worse, and when we are left to ourselves, we make really dumb ideas, like, and, and we call them good ideas. 
And you're looking like, how is the world so confused? Because they believe that. And so God's word says, look, expose them, call them out. And that's why it might not be popular to say, but we're going to say it anyways. Homosexuality is a sin. So we want to call it out. We're not going to try to cover something up or be like, well, you like it. And, and though I love you and Jesus died for you, there's a better way to live. Like, look, that, that's not okay. And understand this. Sin is missing the mark. It's missing the mark. But Romans 6.23 says this, for the wages of sin are death. So we're not in this camp over here yelling and screaming that this is bad, but instead saying, look, there's something so much better what God has for you. He loves you. The wages of sin are death. You don't want to stay that way. You don't want to stay that way. So yeah, homosexuality is a sin. Greed is a sin. Lust is a sin. Gluttony is a sin. I asked a pastor one time, I said, hey, um, how often... I'm preparing a message on like gluttony. I said, do you have, like how often do you preach on gluttony? And he goes, <laughs> not often. And I go, why? He goes, because then I'd have to, he's like, yeah, yeah. He just looks down at his belly. He's like, mm, not often. But here's what it is. God's word says no, that we're not to be domi body dominated, but we're to be spirit led in every area of our life. Like that, that's God's heart in it. Drunkenness is sin. Is alcohol a sin? No, but don't get drunk. Buses don't get drunk, but instead be filled with the Spirit. We, we expose these things because God has a better way. It's God has a better way. We're not going to avoid them, and nor are we going to make that my lifelong chant. Like, okay, this is the sin that I'm going to just champion that everybody else should not do. No. No. God has something way, way better if you're struggling with something then you need help, you need Jesus, and I believe that God has something way better for you. Anytime we miss the mark. I believe that what God has for you is so much better. So instead, we expose them, whether it's popular or makes us friends or not. And we keep going, verse 12, he says, It is shameful to even talk about the things that ungodly people do in secret, but their evil intentions will be exposed when the light shines on them. For the light makes everything visible. This is why it is said, Awake, O sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will give you light, living by the Spirit's power. Have you ever read Scripture and looked at how it says you're supposed to love and how I'm supposed to forgive? And have you ever looked at any of that and thought, I can't do it? Am I the only one? Okay, just me. I'm raising my hand. And you in the back. Thank you. Where you're like, how am I supposed to do that? Love my neighbor and all of them, even the one, like, because Blue Door is not very nice. <laughs> you know? But how is this? It says, live by the Spirit. What God calls us to live, let me just say this, you can't do it on your own. We need God to help us. And that's why it says, live by the Spirit. So be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but like those who are wise, making the most of every opportunity in these evil days, don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. Now, who here would like to know what God wants them to do? Raise your hand if you're like, I want to know what God wants me to do. Yeah, that's all of us. We're like, yep, I want to know. I want to know. Now, but here's the thing. When, when I say what God wants us to do, most of us, 
Many of you in here, you're like, I'm praying right now. Like, I, yeah, I'm, I'm asking, I want God to give me some direction on what to do, on a purchase I'm about to make, on a big decision, on a college, on a, on a family matter. I, I've got a business opportunity. I'm thinking about, or do I sell this? Is it now the time to buy this? Or what about, like, like we, what does God want us to do? And we have those questions. But here's what I want to say when it comes to that. How precedes what? It's what. Here, here, here's what I mean by that. Um, in case you didn't know this, I'm a, the job I have is I'm a pastor. Okay, in case you didn't know, um, that's, that's, that's it. Uh, really, really kind of got to this position because years ago I was sitting in my, in my tree hunting. Come on, hunting. I, I hope you know I'm getting lots of plugs for hunting today, and it's good, but it's. So I'm sitting in my tree, and I'm praying, and I'm just like, God, I feel like I've followed you, but it's been dead end after dead end. I, I, don't, I feel like you're asking us to move again. Um, God, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. And as I looked back in my mind, I'm like, well, I left this place and this place, and I'm like, well, I'm the common denominator. Am I, am I what's wrong? I'm like, God, do you need to change something in me? I'm like, I'm so frustrated. I was like, God, all I want to do is get behind vision and serve. I've been working at some different churches, but just didn't feel I was supposed to be where I was, and so I, I'd left there. And I'm like, God, what do you, all I want to do is get behind vision and serve. And God spoke something to my heart. It wasn't an audible voice, but to my heart, he said this. He goes, what do you think pastors do? And I'd worked as a pastor before. I wasn't currently at that time. But I knew what he meant, which was, he didn't mean just pastors, he meant lead pastors. And I was like, like, like pastor in a church. And, and I just answered, and I was like, I don't know. <laughs> and again, he spoke to my heart. It wasn't out loud, but he spoke to my heart, and he said, I give them vision, and they serve people. And I was sitting there in that tree stand, and I was like, that's it. I left the woods that day. I did not get a deer, but it did not matter. I had the biggest smile on my face that a non-deer hunting, deer dead hunter could have walking out of the woods. I was like, oh my goodness. So I went home. I'm like, babe, this is it. This is what we should be doing. And she goes, ha have fun. Like literally, that's what she said. And, and it took some time, but God really spoke to her as well, confirmed it in her. We talked to some other people, some some. Uh, really leaders in the faith, people that we looked up to and trusted, and we said, hey, this is what we're thinking. And we went through all of this before we launched the church about some, some five years ago. So that is a what. But let me just ask you, what do you think would happen if I didn't study at all? If I just daily quiet time with God, I was like, I don't need that. And I pushed my Bible aside. What if I didn't spend any amount of time, forget about set amounts, any amount of time praying at all? And, and, and when people had questions about God's word, I was like, you have a Bible, read it. And, and when people called and like, hey, um, we're wondering, or we'd like to start a small group. And I was just like, good idea, have fun. What if I, like, I didn't really show up at service very, like, on time-ish, and, like, during worship, I wasn't in here, I was out doing something else, and, and like, maybe, maybe watching Netflix, and then when, when it finally came time to speak, I walked up and was like, okay, so God loves you, and I didn't really prepare anything, because the Holy Spirit can guide me, and I know God's a God of order, like, we know what time the sun's going up and down, but I didn't want God to speak to me then, so let's pray now, and you pray for me, because I need something to say. 
none of you would be here. Some of you are like, I, I might even get up and walk right now, just you talking about it. Why? Because the how matters. How we do what we do matters. So much so, 1 Thessalonians 4.3, God's will for you is to be holy. So what does that mean? That means God's will for you is to live a set-apart life, a life set apart to him. It's your life. It's not dying and going to heaven. So what does God want you to do? Here's the thing. Again, I know that many of you, you have questions right now, things that you have been praying, specific God, what move should we make? But the best way I know to tell you on how you will find, hear, and know what God's concealed will for your life is, when I say concealed, don't think that God's hiding it from you. I would say his unrevealed will. The best way to find that is to serve him right now in his revealed will. It's just right now. Like right now. Like in that job you really don't like right now. In that situation with the neighbors and the families and the people and the relatives that you don't like, it's, it's in that. It's serving him right there. It's, it's showing up at work and like, you know, I don't love it, but here's what I'm going to do. Whatever I do, I'm going to do it heartily as unto the Lord. 1 Corinthians 10.31. So whatever you eat or drink, or whatever you do. Everybody say whatever. whatever. Got some attitude, some of you. Okay, okay, okay. Whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. God wants to and will use you right where you are. God wants to use you right where you are. We just read, understand what the Lord wants you to do. The number one thing he wants you to do is to serve him right where you are. You have big questions You're like, God, what's next? And I don't know. Then serve him right where you are. You're in school, then serve. Just be like, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna learn, I'm gonna apply myself. I'm gonna pray about whether I come back next year or not, but if this is where I find myself, then God, until you pull me out of it, I'm gonna be a light to everybody that's here. I'm gonna stand up. I'm gonna be a light on my campus at my job, whether I love it or not, my employees. I'm, I'm gonna take this seriously. I'm gonna take care of them the best way that I know how. I'm gonna seek after God in it. Realize this, there's no such thing as business ethics. There's just ethics. You have them or you don't. You're light in all you do. Everything you do is telling the story about you. And serve God right where you are. You're like, well, my season is, is I'm at home and I've got these kids and what am I supposed to do? Well, be busy raising those kids and don't be a busy body in everybody's business. And it's so easy. Because they just post all their business on all these, and you're like, oh! And you look at it, and you're like, what in the world? And everything in you is like, I want it no more. Just put it down. And be like, God, how, how can I serve my family? And do it with all of your heart, whatever it is that you find to do. And you might look and say, but how's that going to get me where I need to go? Ready? I don't know. 
But Proverbs 24, I believe it's 24, 24 says, if the Lord directs a man's steps, how can he understand his own way? God clearly told me to do when I was hunting in that tree stand. But as I was, it was months later that I was just still like kind of playing out, how is this all gonna work? And it wasn't making sense in my mind. And I was just doing that thing that I do. I read the Proverbs of the day and I opened it up and I read that verse. If the Lord directs a man's steps, how can he understand his own way? And I thought, you know what, God? If this is where you have me going, you'll make a way. So I'll serve you where I am. Today, life has been going over a little over five years. Man, I could cry like a beauty pageant winner. Like I'm just, just watching everybody get baptized and dads and moms. And, and I'm just like, come on. Oh, I get so excited. But as I look back, now I see how God used so much he used me in my teens serving at the church I was at the things that I learned and how he was like you're going to need these in 20 years you don't know it you don't know it I went off to college and got a couple of roommates my brother and then this crazy guy named Brian today man I look at that and I'm just like I'm so thankful that man is in my life when we were roommates <laughs> He always blamed me for eating and drinking everything, okay? Anyways, anyways, it was interesting. We had this weird relationship. We'd live together and then not talk to each other over the entire summer because we just had it to hear. Today, he's an incredible part of what we're doing and of lives being changed on just a regular basis. He inspires me, not by what he does in church, yes, by what he does, but how he's always on when he's out. And the number of people that he's like, hey, can I pray for you and God? And I talk to people at church and I'm like, how did you hear about us? And they're like, and I'm just like, oh, I know I'm on up here, but man, I want to be more on like he is out there. I don't know what you're going through or where you are right now, but here's what I want you to hear and know. God has a plan and purpose for your life. And you may have questions about the next big thing that God wants you to do, the next big step he has for you. But if you want that answer, serve him right where you are. Doing whatever it is that you're doing. Serve wholeheartedly as if you're working for the Lord and not for men. Not to please, not when somebody's watching and not when they're not and you switch back and forth. But serve wholeheartedly and watch how God uses that to position you. Because when you serve him where you are, the Bible says if you're faithful with little, you'll be faithful with much. And you watch how suddenly doors get opened. That you're like, I don't even know how I got here. But then your story is going to be three, four, five years from now that you look back and you're like, man, God knew exactly what I needed. Would you please bow your heads and close your eyes? We're going to close the service, but before we do, I want to ask, if you're here today, If you're here today and you say, you know, today's the day, I need to give my life to him. You've gone through a lot of motions. You may know a lot of Bible, 
but you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life. You don't have a relationship with him. You know a lot of things, but you don't have a relationship. Salvation is a gift. You don't have to earn it. All you have to do is receive it. So if you're here today and you say, today's the day I want to give him my heart. I want to make him the Lord of my life. I don't just want to know about him. I want a relationship with him. So if that's you, or maybe, maybe, to, maybe today you need to come back. You're like, I, I've been doing my own thing. I know better. But today's the day I want to give him my heart again. I, don't want, to, I want to go all in. Today's the day you're going, I'd love the honor of praying with you. Here's what we're going to do. I want everybody to just out loud, just pray with me. Everybody out loud. In this room, online, wherever you are, let's all together say it. Say, Jesus, I'm yours. From now on, I choose you with all of my life, with all of my heart. I choose you. Come rule and reign in my life. I believe that Jesus, you died, shed your blood so I could be free. But you rose again. And today, I make you my Lord. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thanks for listening. Our mission here at Life West Church is to see you and your family equipped and empowered to be and do all that God has for you. For additional resources and info, go to lifewest.church.